Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white balls life. I'm your host, Scotty T. And I'm joined by my co-host, T-Bone in the building. What's going on, my man? What's up? Happy Monday, people. Happy Monday. Big week on a Palmer Invitational was this last week. We are officially into the Florida swing now. The first major of the year is this week as well, the Players' Championship, which we're going to break that down, give some of our picks, as well as a recap, Netflix, full swing episode five and six. And then we got a top five headed your way. We will tell you what that top five is. Should we go ahead and tell them? Should we tell the good people what they're expecting? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So us being in Houston, it's rodeo season. It's Texas Independence Day was last week. So we figured we'd throw out a top five, our top five favorite Texas-born golfers. So should be an interesting one, I think. No spoilers, but I think we're both going to be fighting Patrick Reed with the number one overall pick. But uh, you'll have to you'll have to stay tuned to, to see uh, who gets that number one spot. But P. Reed could get the spot. Uh, yeah, it's definitely up for debate here, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Man, I hope that's not the case. We'll just say that. But yeah, to be clear, it's our favorite golfers, not the best golfers. We talked about that beforehand. Uh, there will be some overlap there, but our favorite Texas-born golfers, and I don't know, might be reaching deep into the archives here because there's a lot of great players from the state of Texas. Some you realize, some you don't necessarily realize. So I'm kind of scared we're going to miss someone key. You but... know, I'm going to try to clip this out and then let it be known in the comments who we missed because, again, there's a lot of phenomenal players from the state of Texas. Even guys like Sean O'Hare, who's, you know, PJ Tour Rookie of the Year. Whenever I was looking it up, I was like, oh, yeah, he had a string, too, where he was playing some really good golf. I had no idea he was from Texas. Yeah, he's from Lubbock, I believe. Interesting. Sean. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm spending way too much looking up Sean O'Hare right now. <laughs> too much time. Anyway, let's move on. So, uh, big week, elevated event. So, Honda Classic was last week, non-elevated event. Now we run into the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week. Uh, T-Bone, what are your thoughts on uh, the week overall? Over, I mean, it was a good leaderboard. Uh, now I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break of that Kit Kat Yama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got they got to get on the sponsorship deal immediately. Immediately. I love Kit-Kat. that. Rip the check, baby. This is a perfect sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, can we, uh, said, Oh, is, man. There we go. Kurt, Kit, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now I'm just embarrassed here. Kurt, Kitayama, right? Walks away with the win. Uh, $3.6 million payout, which is unbelievable. Great names in the mix, though. Like, that's what – I think that's the point of these elevated events, right, is to get the top players in the mix – Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay, Jordan Speed, Scotty Scheffler, Tyrrell Hatton. I mean, these are some of the top players in the game. They're all in the mix, but it's Kurt Kitayama coming away with the victory. Really impressive win, which before we dive into it a little bit more, how about the tour sauce on 18 to mark his ball when he <laughs> is this far away from making from winning? 
I mean, how crazy town is that? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But at the same time, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, that was awesome. I Such an impressive win when you look at the leaderboard and throw on the elevated event. Uh, awesome finish. It, it would have been really cool if he made it. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big-time move to throw down the mark and soak it all in. Loved that. It was fantastic. I mean, that 18th hole at Arnold Palmer, it is – it's it's becoming really iconic, right? I mean, we all know the videos of Tiger draining the putts, the fist pumps everywhere, even Mr. Palmer himself hitting that driver off the deck off 18. Which I even saw Bo Hostler, he like reenacted the uh shot there, which was which is great. I mean, there's been some really good moments yeah. where I'm I'm glad that that is one of those elevated tournaments. Obviously, like you're not gonna not have on a Palmer's tournament be an elevated event, but I think Bay Hill has proven it's um has proven itself as a course overall. And if you want iconic ability, that's a word, uh, a lot of memorable moments. 18 definitely provides that with the rocks and everything. It's just great. It's a great setup. Great venue. Yeah. No, it's it's a great event. It's made for a dramatic finish. And I thought we were going to have an absolutely epic playoff. I think when Kitayama was going into 17, we had five dudes tied at eight under. And I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a five-person playoff in PGA Tour event. Um, but it kind of felt like someone was going to break through. And, uh, man, like you said, two triple bogeys on the weekends, two, ball, two balls OB. Uh, sounded like my weekend, honestly. But uh, the fact that he still hung around, got the W, finishing birdie, par, um, on 18 there that was uh that was impressive for sure and i'll be honest i'll be honest i don't think i knew who this was before the 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 tournament this week did you i can't can't say i did either (laughs) yeah apparently yeah apparently he's finished uh or he's lost like rory rom and someone else a bunch of big names as of recent but uh you know, his path, I've seen some stuff on his history, and it looks like he's played on pretty much every tour, um, which is crazy. I mean, I'm talking all the way to, like, Canadian, Japanese tours, everything across the board he's played in. So to see him win an event like this is really cool. And uh, I want to say this win was equal to his career earnings. Um so that's wild. And then another crazy stat I saw was this win was equal to Arnold Palmer's lifetime on course earnings. That's insane. So few cool stats there. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's you know, I, we've talked about on the show before. I like to see the big names win. It's exciting. But seeing a guy like this win from time to time is always a good story. And the fact that he, uh, you know, beat the biggest names in golf was great. and. Uh, to kind of jump into that a little bit, I was kind of disappointed with some of the finishes. I mean, no one made a putt for probably two or three hours. And kind of moving to Rory on 18, it felt like a tiger moment. Tied for the lead, going to birdie 18, take the lead. Just no one made the putt all day. Yeah, And we've seen Tiger make that putt so many times on 18 to win. And kind of felt like it was – 
Rory was going to do that. And then, you know, I guess you have Scotty with a wedge in on 18. He makes bogeys. So a little surprising from the from the one and two and three golfers in the world there. I guess Rom was nowhere to be seen. But, um, yeah, hey, good for Kit Kat. Yeah, great, great for Kit Kat. Again, it's awesome. Yeah, I, you you mentioned it before. Golf is one of those where we want to see the the names at the top of the leaderboard, which speaking of Rory, I don't know if you saw his quote, but going in the 14 when he was up by one, he said he wasn't looking at the leaderboard. And if he had known that he had the lead, he would have played the hole a little bit different. Uh, you know, that's a tough look for the I don't look at the leaderboard guy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's, that's tough right there because Rory went in on a Palmer. I can't remember if he's won it or not. I want to say he hasn't. I'm sure he has at some point, but yes yeah I, I think you're right he's won everything except the masters pretty much so Ayo. but yeah uh, that's a tough look there obviously would have been cool seeing him in the cashmere red sweater but i mean look kurt kiyama deserves to win at the end of the day he he showed up when it was time to show up for sure so before we get off the on a palmer i want to give a shout out to another guy who is on the leaderboard he finished his top 10 t8 Davis Riley. Davis Riley comes in low round uh, 66 on the last day. Tied for the low round, I believe. On the six, on 66 on Saturday, finished three shots back. The reason why this is a big deal, he's one of those Alabama guys. You know, there's a lot of great players that have come out of the Alabama program. And with this, he qualified for the Open Championship, the 151st playing of the British Open at Royal Liverpool. So, Four borders were on the back nine, eagled 16, uh, and then was able to close out a top 10 win there with the birdie on 18. So, or, or top 10 finish. So, uh, want to give a shout out to Davis Riley. Not many people know about Davis Riley. So, he's one of those guys where he's getting hot, he's got his card. So, good showing for Davis Riley. Cool. Bravo. All right. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to respond or not. Very good. Okay, uh, anything else you'd like to add? I think that's all I got for Ronald Palmer. No, I think we I think we nailed it, and uh, it's Players Week, so I think we jump in. Absolutely. Big week. You know, I kind of got into it, actually, with the guy on the YouTube comments, so appreciate uh, – I don't have it pulled up here, but appreciate everybody uh, tuning into the YouTube page. So, uh, you know, go subscribe to our YouTube page there. If you comment, I'll I'll respond back. And because I clicked out our player or our uh, masters, our, our major championship preview, and of course I included the players. It's our ongoing joke here. If you're new to the podcast, we believe that the players should be a major. Uh, majority of golfers don't think it should be, which look I understand. But this guy was pretty much making the argument because he started off saying like, you know, don't include the players, not a major, blah blah blah. And I was like, why not? In my opinion, it meets every single criteria. The it's a, the same venue. It's been around long enough, which was, I think, the knock on it. But he brought up a good point, which I'm going to bring it up real quick here. That's all right. He said that uh, the players, if they were serious, if the players were serious about being a major, then they should include the live guys to be able to play in it because the other major championships are. Mm. I thought that was an interesting argument. I haven't necessarily considered that. Now, the other golf organizations haven't taken the stand that the PJ Tour has. And since this is the biggest tournament by the PJ Tour, I understand why they're not letting 
those guys play in it. Well, again, tough look. Cam Smith, defending players championship, will not be there this week. But I just thought that was an interesting argument that I hadn't heard before. So, but that being said, it is the biggest event the players, the biggest event the PJ Tour puts on TPC Sawgrass Stadium course. That course will kick kick your teeth in if you are not careful. So, uh, really excited for this week. Like golf is in full swing, no pun intended. We are here. I'm so pumped for the players this week. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point. I think because, like you said, with it's the PGA Tour's baby. It's their biggest week of the year for the PGA Tour. It's just not going to happen. And I think one of the the funny videos I saw this uh, came out today or yesterday was uh, Cam Smith was was interviewed and he was saying he loves the tournament. He's watched his whole life. <laughs> Defending champion. He's going to be watching it from his house. He said he might even buy a ticket and be behind the rope. So I thought that was pretty funny, but this isn't a live episode. Nope. Um, but, yeah, players, players is a great week. I think last year, if I remember correctly, the weather was insane. Tons of rain, tons of wind. And I think the move up in the calendar in March has made it a little more unpredictable. So I'm just hoping for some good weather because – you know, I just want good conditions because it's such a great tournament. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I was there in 2019 when Rory won, and it was beautiful Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then a cold front comes through Saturday night, and it is no lie, like 55 degrees, like really cold actually, because it's North Florida and Flor in March. You can still get those cold uh, Arctic blasts that come through, and you know when you're having 80, 85 degree weather, and then all of a sudden it's 55, it hits you like a Mack truck. It, you definitely yeah. feel it. So was was that the players where Tiger was just Dunk City on seventeen? And by Dunk City, I mean wet. Yeah, he hit in the water <laughs> twice on seventeen uh, on Rudy. Friday, I believe. I was there. I watched it happen. I have it on video of him hitting in the water. Actually, maybe I'll overlay it here. I don't know. The PJ Tour is weird about their media rights, but yeah, that's uh, man. I forget. He still made the, the cut though. We're talking about closing stretch of the player or the. Arnold Palmer, I forget how good it is for players. 16, 17, 18, maybe as good as it gets. I can't freaking wait. I kind I of forgot. Totally agree. I forgot, honestly. <laughs> but I mean, as soon as you hit that, it's uh, – so the tee shot on 16, because I'm unfortunate to play the course a few times. Once you, like, turn the corner just past the tree uh, so you can see, it truly is a stadium feel. That's like that's why they call it the stadium course. 16, 17, it's a big like arena looking thing. And then 18, uh, we all know that finish is just iconic too with the water on the left with this beautiful clubhouse right behind the green. Yeah, it's it's a great stretch of golf. Yeah. No, it's I'm excited. Uh such a good finish. It's gonna be a great week. It really is. Yeah, moving it to March, I think we're still getting used to the schedule. It, the course just plays different, honestly. Like, I remember, man, was it 2016, I believe, when Jason Day won? That's when they were complaining about the winds because the, the course was so dry out, was so dry, and the winds were about 35 miles an hour that the ball couldn't stay on the green because the greens were running so fast. Scores just skyrocketed, which, again, J-Day ended up winning. They were all complaining about it, but I'm like, dude, you're a pro golfer. Like, I don't want to hear about you. Yeah. I don't want to hear you complain about green speeds. But uh, and moving it in the March, they oversee the course. It looks a lot more aesthetically pleasing, in my opinion. 
Uh, like I said, it's a great course. You know, TBC Sawgrass, that whole Sawgrass area, Ponte Vedra, it's beautiful. Um, so I'm ready to dive into it, T-Bone. Who are some of your favorites to win this week to come away with not the silver one, which, by the way, since it's like the players, like new trophy, get ready for the animation. The golden players animation on 17, it's going to be outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Um all right, I got the odds pulled up here. We got Rom and Rory at plus eight fifty, Scheffler plus a thousand, and I think I'm gonna go one notch below that at plus nineteen hundred. This guy is starting to heat up. Had a backdoor top ten this week, and I think he's still looking for his signature win. I'm gonna go Patrick Cantlay. Wow. Played really well this last week. Um, I think I've seen Rom, Rory, and and Scheffler kind of bounce around enough that I, I kind of don't want to pick them um, just because I can't decide. And I, I think it's it's time for a signature win from, from Mr. Cantlay. So I'm going to go with Pat. I love it. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, looking at the odds here, Rory, Rom, Scheffler, Cantlay, JT, Homo, Morikawa, Scheffler, Victor Hovland, who got a hole in one this week. Shout out to Hovland. J-Day, which Jason Day, man, he's playing some pretty good golf this year. It's it's good to see him back. He took a few years where it was he was not not near the top of leaderboards. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's there's been a bit of a throwback with Ricky back, Jason Day. Uh, Justin Rose has been playing good. So and taking back to 2010. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing some familiar faces. I like it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, once you get past really the top, if you look at the betting odds, past Sung J M, I think who's who your preseason pick. Uh, that's <laughs> that's where it gets a little dicey for me. Like as much as I love guys like Matsuyama, Tommy Fleetwood, Sam Burns, Keith Mitchell. I'm not going to pick them to win the the players championship. I think guys like that might be good, a good pick for like a top 15 if you're placing that wager down. But in order to win, especially the, the players, one thing I like about it is that the cream rises to the top. I mean, the last three winners off the top of my head are Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. I mean, even before that you had Justin Thomas, uh, Tiger, like, or not Justin Thomas, I'm sorry, uh, Jason Day. I mean, these these are some of the Webb Simpson, the premier players in the world, tend to win this golf tournament. And in my opinion, TBC Sawgrass, yes, you have to hit it off the tee, but that is a second-shot golf course. Hey, yes, you, you have to put it in the fairway, but those there's so many, like, weird little pop bunkers. I mean, Pete Dye and his wife, I mean, his wife gets the credit for 17. She was like, hey, why don't you just, like, dig a bunch of dirt on there and fill it with water? <laughs> end up with the island green so um shout out to miss die i forget her name off the top of my head but yeah it's a it's a beast and the there's so many like undulations in those greens too where you got to be on the right side of the green where if you don't do it you you bring three putt in the play no doubt in my mind so i believe will zaltoris was my preseason pick i'm gonna adjust that a little bit here i'm gonna go call morikawa for the players championship I don't know if it's because I just watched that Netflix special, but like, I mean, Colin, Cor- Colin Morikawa, he's an absolute ball striker, won a couple majors already. I think 
even though the players doesn't get the credit it deserves to be the major championship yet, whenever you enter the World Golf Hall of Fame, you say, how many major championships has you won and players uh, championships? Those are listed in the same breath. So I think uh, guys like Colin Morikawa, he's going to win a, at least one players. So I think he gets it done this week. I like it. Good pick. I don't think you have to be a bomber here. Irons are going to be key. So I think those are solid picks. Happy we didn't go with the the top three with uh, Scotty, Rom, and, and Rory. So we'll I mean, see what Rom's, happens. Rom's the best player in the world right now, right? Like, I think McRoy technically has better betting odds at the moment. It looks like him and Rom are the same. Um, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, they're both, both plus 900. But Rom's won three times already this year. Like, it's so hard not to bet <laughs> against John Rom, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe we're crazy for thinking that, but maybe he's my pick for the Masters. Stay tuned to find out. But yeah, I just think Morikawa, if he gets the putter rolling just a little bit, dude, just get it rolling just a little, he is unstoppable. I agree. Yeah, he's a freak. He, I thought he was going to run away with it after the first round this past week. What do you shoot? 67 or five or something insane. Yeah. And kind of fizzled away. And he was really upset about it. But he's maybe slightly unpredictable, but pretty predictable that he's going to be near the near the leaderboard. So um yeah, I'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, go, going back to it real quick, I mean, I'm looking at former players' champions. I mean, they're Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Webb Simpson are the last four winners. I, what are those guys known for? They're ball striking. They're phenomenal iron players and drivers of the ball off the tee. I mean, Webb Simpson, I mean, I think he's phenomenal. But, like, the guy literally had to revamp his entire putting because of the anger ban. But he still won the players. Yeah. Uh, yep. How about Siwoo Kim winning in 2017? Forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That was good showing. Jason Day, then we all know Ricky Fowler, what he did in 2015, which is phenomenal. Martin Keimer, he, you know, he's won a couple majors too, throw players in there, and then Tiger. And then after that, there was a weird stretch where it was like Tim Clark, KJ Choi, Matt Kuchar. But anyway, I digress. Good times. Good times. But also, you know, they've redone TPC Sawgrass since then. So it's just – they make it that much harder, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I hope it's a good week. If you have a chance to go out there, do it. It's a phenomenal tournament, phenomenal time. So I think I got some friends going. So shout out to y'all uh, and hope you have fun. Send me pics. T-Bone, you ready to talk some uh, full swing? Yeah, how are we looking on time? I don't know. I didn't really count the time here. So I think we got – do you want to do top five or do you want to do – Nothing. Um, I think our listeners, if I'm being honest, they've probably all seen full swing. So, you know, we're, we're not a full-time, uh, this isn't a full-time gig. So we're trying to get out the, the episode review as quick as we can. Why don't I give a 30 second overview of each episode? Okay. Uh, what are we at? Episode five, five and, and six. six. Cool. So five and six. So let me get back into uh, my notes here. Um, so five was um, Matthew Fitzpatrick and DJ, which again, I think they did a really good job here of doing the two contrasting personalities here. But um, which, real quick, Scaff, 
You know, I've been big on the Matthew Patrick train you for have a long been. time. I really have been. I've been a big fan of his since he won the USAM. He's like my always sneaker pick in my master's pool. And so it was really good to see him win. I was like, man, he's getting his shine. He deserves right, it. You're right or die. Mostly die. Mostly die <laughs> uh, in regards to the masters. But I'll just say from this episode, DJ was pretty bland. I wanted more from him. But the... For some reason, the Fitzpatrick storyline got me super emotional watching him come back and win this tournament uh, or win the U.S. Open. It just it hit me hard. And I'm sure I'm not sure if you've got there yet, but you'll definitely feel that, too, with how much you've been behind the guy. But I think part of it is because it, it really just shows much of the episode is about how much he grinds and practices and studies the game and literally writes down every single shot he's ever hit over the last 10 years, which is a total nerd move, which I kind of hate, but it just showed how much it meant to him. He won the USAM here 10 years ago or so. So such a good story hit me right in the feels and uh very solid episode. Yes, obviously he's very naturally gifted, right? But he, I think they did a good job of showing how hard he's had to work in order to reach that point uh, and how getting over the top of winning in the United States was a really big deal to get that first PJ Tour win and first major championship win. And it's just almost poetic in the sense that it happened at the same place where he won the U.S. Amateur as well at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. So, yeah, no, I was it was a Great episode for Matt Fitz, Fitzpatrick. For DJ, honestly, that's what I expected. I know we wanted more. Maybe you wanted more Paulina. I don't know. But it was, yeah, it was what I expected it to be. And But also, watching that, these are my thoughts. I see why nobody hates DJ for jumping over to live. This is why yeah. DJ hasn't ruffled the feathers in the same way that the other guys have being on the live tour. He's like, yeah, I think it's a bunch of BS giving his reasons personally all of them have i get the play le- yeah. i get the play less and get paid more okay are you really playing that less but that's well, not the point but i didn't hate it but that's what i expected i think he said it's simple would you i think anyone would work less to be paid more if there if you wouldn't there's something wrong with you and i was like Buddy, I don't know if it's simple. I wouldn't characterize it as simple. This is a big, controversial decision. It's not simple. And like you said, I don't think they're going to end up playing that much less. So we'll see how it plays out for them. That's right. And then moving on to episode six, T-Bone, we have Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau. I guess I didn't realize like how many kids Tony Finau has. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Uh, but it was, it was a good episode for both of them, I would say. Again, that's why... Part of the, I'm not saying that's why I picked Morikawa for the Players' Championship, but, like, dude, the guy is an absolute animal. Uh, it was, I think those guys got a lot of fans from watching this episode. What were your thoughts? So I've talked about fashion a lot on the show, and probably the most intriguing part of the entire show, because I've never known what this process looks like or how it goes, but when the Adidas golf outfitters are pitching their – styles to Morikawa I thought that was the coolest thing that's something I've always wanted to see behind the scenes and it was hilarious they gave him in Morikawa's defense they gave him one of the worst looking outfits I've ever seen it was like olive pants 
and like a tangerine floral graphic shirt. And he was like, he was like, I like the olive pants, but I'm wearing it with white. He's like, I think you think I like this, but I think you just like it. I don't like this. And he was super cutthroat with him, but I thought that was such good content. I've always wanted to know how that process works for releasing new clothing lines or dressing players for the majors. So that was awesome. And then all the emotions I felt for Fitzpatrick were like multiplied when I watched the Finau episode, uh, watching what him and his wife had been through, what losing their parents and watching him battle back from hitting range balls into a garage door growing up to, to now being a PGA tour player. So that was a great episode. Probably one of the, one of the better ones the series was episode six. Loved it. And uh yeah, that 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 Adidas clothing uh seg uh part of the episode was exactly what I was looking for. So all for that. It's not surprising coming from the fashion guy of the group. Yeah. yeah. That was for sure. Yeah. Cause there are sometimes some of those guys rolls out rolls out in those outfits, and you're like, what happened <laughs> yeah. here? I would love to be in those meetings with Tiger and Nike. Oh, that man. would be outrageous. I don't think there's much said in those. What, like, hey, what shade of red do you want to wear? Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think Tiger's first reaction was when he saw the mock turtlenecks back in like 2003 or four? Do you think he was like, hey, I want to roll well, with it? Didn't he win the mock turtlenecks when he won in 18 or 19? 19, yeah. yeah. He So because he brought it back. Yeah. He was the only so, guy. Only Tiger can pull off that look, I think. Yeah. There were some tough looks there with like Robert Garrigus rocking the mock turtleneck with those <laughs> players. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it didn't work for a lot of people. No, it did not. I don't think it aged well, but yeah, Tiger's on one blood off, especially now, this day and age. Yeah. Going back to Fitzpatrick real quick, and then we'll we'll move on to top five. I forgot he was in the final group at the PGA championship. I yeah. think you said it a week or two ago, but what I love about this Netflix full swing series is that it's a great reminder what happened the season before. I forgot how much in the mix Will Zalatoris was at the U.S. Open, too. He was one putt away from being in the playoff in the PGA and in the U.S. Open. Like, the guy's right there. It's crazy. It's a great yeah. reminder of all who's in the mix uh, also, low-key, loved how they finally showed some Masters coverage for Morikawa and Finau, especially for the Scheffler episode. I think you said it. They just kind of blew by it a little bit, and he's the freaking yeah. winner. Oh. But, yeah. No, that's good point, to see that. One thing, I don't know if – I again, I, I didn't know this. I'm admitting it. I thought this was super cool. I didn't know about the numbers that the caddies are given. That's yeah. the order that you check in at the Masters. That was great. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. The behind the scenes of what happened to Augusta. And yeah, that was awesome. So I think Tony was saying some guys are like superstitious. They want the number they had last year. So if they're going to check in and they see what number they're in line they're at, they'll they'll go back and come back like 30 minutes later. So I thought that was really cool. And uh I thought it was pretty funny how he parked in like the the champions parking lot and uh, had to move his car and stuff. So a lot of cool stuff like that, that whenever I find something I didn't know about Augusta, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally obsessed with the place. 
don't care. Everybody should be as well. Yep. Uh, before turning off the Masters, T-Bone, or before we move on, we got to give a shout out to the most underappreciated and lesser known fact of the Masters. So as we all know, there's a cut after 36 holes, as full swing has let us know a billion and one times. <laughs> Sometimes there's an odd amount of players who play. And so the person who's the odd and dead last place, there is a marker who plays. He's called the marker. It's a Augusta National member who plays with the last place person. And that man for a period of time is is uh, Jeff Knox. Jeff Knox always plays as the marker, and he is supposed to help pace a play, pretty much just be a playing companion for the uh, last place tournament, first group out, if there's an odd amount of play, uh, odd amount of people. And, man, he is he knows Augusta National so well that he is like a local and national legend in his own right, and the guy can flat out play some golf. He has famously beat, so his score doesn't count. He's never going to show up on the leaderboard or anything. And he has played with Rory McIlroy, and he beat him. He has played with multiple PJ Tour players as the marker at Augusta in the Masters Tournament. So tournament conditions, and he has beaten these guys heads-up play. So uh, he is officially retiring from the role as the marker. So we got to show some love to Jeff Knox. Does it get any better than that? <laughs> I'm serious. Does it really get any better than that? Totally agree. I, I really I mean, don't think it does. My full-time job could be, you name it, if I can do that. Garbage man, I mean, anything. That is that is the gig that it doesn't get any better than that. Totally agree. Uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, in 2019, he teed up with Eddie Pepperall. In 2014, he famously shot a 70 to Roy McIlroy's 71. Uh, he's outscored Sergio Garcia and like, dude, the guy is phenomenal. And like I said, he just gets to play in the masters cause he's a member Legend. and they like choose their champion, if you will, to be at the marker. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I believe he's being replaced with a younger guy now. Yeah. I don't know who's replacing him actually. We'll have to see. We'll have to see who that is. We'll have I to think, get the look down and see if we can. I think it's a younger guy. I don't, I haven't looked too much into it, but man, what what a gig! What a setup! Goals doesn't get any better than that. Totally agree. So salute to you, Jeff Knox. Congratulations on a, like the best job in the world. Yeah, legend. All right, I think that moves us to top five. T Bone, top five of our favorite Texas golfers. I'm excited for this list because again, we said it. There's an incredible amount of golfers who have come from the state of Texas. Again, some you know, some probably you don't know as well. So uh, we're going to break down that list for you. Uh, T-Bone, were there any shockers when you were doing your research on this? Yeah, definitely some some ones that surprised me. And I don't know about you, but I think the list I'm seeing online, I'm honestly skeptical about. Because if we're going, I don't know if we're going Texas from Texas, Born in Texas. I think we decided on born in Texas, but I'm seeing Zalatoris come across a bunch of lists. Technically born in Cali. So I'm not entirely I'm relying on some lists that I'm not entirely confident in, but we'll have to to roll with it. But yeah, overall, very, very solid list of golfers. I think probably Florida and California would give Texas a run for our money. But yeah. other than that, those have got to be the best. 
Yeah, I agree. It's yeah, because with Zell Torres being born in California, that's very true. He moved to Texas when he was pretty young, though, and went to high school uh, with some guys that we know up in the DFW area. So I, I, he claims to be a Texan. Like, I think if you were to ask him, you'd probably say he's a Texan, right? Like, yeah. for some reason on my list, whenever I Googled it, Jason Day showed up, and I'm pretty yeah, sure I'm seeing that Australia. too. <laughs> I'm seeing that too. <laughs> so and I know Patrick Reed. I don't think he's born in Texas either, but he's okay. probably he probably would claim to be a Texan. Because his wife is from Houston. Uh, yeah. So we're yeah, gonna get exposed. We might get exposed on some ticky tack stuff here, but don't hear we'll it. keep it. Yeah, we'll 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 keep it as genuine as possible. And again, if we miss anybody, comment below or comment below on who your favorite Texas golfer is. So Tebow, I'm gonna go first this time because you went first last time. Is that okay? Yeah, let her rip. All right. For my first overall pick, I'm gonna go Jordan Speed. Damn. Jordan Speed, I mean, three-time major championship winner, national championship at the University of Texas. Uh, he's from Dallas. Like, he's my graduating class as well. Like, we've known about Speed for forever. And he burst on the scene so early and has remained on the scene as some other guys who are actually on this list who probably won't name, but like, or who probably won't make my list, but guys like Connor Mahan, he's from Texas. He was really popular, Ryder Cup player. He's not on the tour really anymore. I'm sure he's still playing, but uh, so even the fact that Spieth's not even 30 years old, so it's his Hall of Fame career already. I mean, what more can you say about Mr. Jordan Spieth? So he is my, and he's our age. So that's why he's my favorite Texas golfer. You, you took my number one. I, he would have been my number one for sure. And I'm not saying that's why I went first, but maybe <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I think the reason I like Spieth so much is because his career is how I envision mine going. The Texas-born prodigy, and I feel like I'm living through him. So, But other than that, I just like his game, his personality. He's so entertaining, and I think he's going to have a couple more green jackets in his closet uh, by the time he's all said and done. So, great, so great pick. Thank you. Great pick. All right, I'll go ahead and kick things off. So I think I'm going to have to go with Lee Trevino. Lee Trevino, absolute legend, uh, absolute character, the amount of stories, jokes, one-liners, and also game to back it up is all there with Lee Trevino. I think the, the most popular golf saying that, that came from him was the hold a one iron up in the air during a uh, thunderstorm because not even God can hit a one iron. And I think he did get electrocuted on a golf course, which is just hilarious. He, uh, I know he was in the military for a while and he was the pro at a golf course. And I think he had this, he had this uh, reputation going around as being a, you know, big time gambler and having these money games. And I think it was Raymond Floyd, who was a pro golfer at the time got word of it, wanted to play him. So he drove to, I think it was El Paso or maybe somewhere in West Texas and to, to play Lee Trevino. And Lee Trevino's there to get his clubs out of his car and put it on a cart or whatever, get his shoes and take him to the clubhouse. And then he realized it's, a, it's the same guy who was playing on the first tee. So there's a ton of stories like that with Lee Trevino. 
He's a legend. He's awesome. He's hilarious. Multi-major winner and great, great representation of, uh, of the state of Texas. So he's going to be number one on my list. I love it. Lee Trevino, in my opinion, is the most underrated, accomplished golfer maybe ever. He is wow. number 12 on major. He has six major champions, won the British U.S. Open and PGA twice. The only knock is that he did not win the Masters. So, uh, I mean, six majors, there's only a handful of other players who are ahead that, uh, who won more than him. So uh, he, I say he's underrated because he's never mentioned as some of the best players in the world of all yeah. time, but he definitely should be 100% deserves to be up there. So I think that's, that's a great pick. Appreciate that. So for my number two, I'm going to go with Mr. Ben Hogan, Ben Hogan, the legend himself. He uh nine time major winner from the Fort Worth area, you know, almost died in a car, car wreck ends up winning the U S open again. Uh, it, what more can you say about Ben Hogan? I mean, he is one legendary of, golf equipment. Legendary golf equipment that unfortunately <laughs> wrapped up. Hey, shout out to you, Darren. I appreciate the tech. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's I don't know much more that you can say about Ben Hogan. Fun fact, too, about Ben Hogan. He's the only player to win the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the PGA Championship in the same calendar year. No other player has done that, to be clear. Not even Bobby Jones, Jack Nicholas. Tiger Woods, Gary Player, none of them. We all know the Tiger Slam, but that's because Tiger won the Masters the following year. So again, the same calendar year, Masters, PGA, U.S. Open, Ben Hogan. He's my number two. Love it. This this list is going to be hard to, to beat if we continue on this pace. Uh, yeah, he's an absolute legend. Uh, one thing people don't talk about, he was definitely a dick, like total yes. a-hole. But uh, – I think Tiger is too. I think he, some guys just gotta, gotta have it. So anyways, good pick. Thank All you. right. Number two, I'm going to go Byron Nelson. Great pick. Um, if you weren't going to pick Byron Nelson, I was going to be mad at you. I think. Yeah. I think it was a given. He, uh, you know, he's got the, he, he, he is Texas golf. He, I'm pretty sure he just played golf so he could be a rancher. Uh, he or like farmer or something. He would just like farm and ranch and golf. So I think that's as Texas as it gets. I want to say he has the record for most wins in a row on the yep. PGA Tour at like ten or twelve, something crazy. Bunch of other crazy records and uh, yeah, I, I you know he he is Texas golf and uh, had to be added to the list. Um, so yeah. Byron Nelson, number two. It's a great pick. Yeah, I think those first four were pretty given for us. I think this is where it can get a little bit more nuanced. <laughs> it's going to get tough here. It's going to get tough. Again, this is our favorite players, but uh, I'm going to go with maybe one of the more accomplished players that not many people – people are familiar with the name, but kind of in the same way Trevino, he gets often overlooked. I'm going to go Jimmy Demerit as – uh, number three here. So Jimmy Demerit won the Masters three times. Wow. Exactly, right? He won the Masters three times. Uh, he just doesn't get the recognition of what he didn't win any other majors. So that's why I don't think he gets necessarily the love. But he's born and raised in Houston, as we are. And that's where we host this podcast. Uh, so yeah, he's born and raised in Houston. 
He's long. He was longtime friends with uh, Jackie Burke Jr., who also is a name that could come up as the current oldest living Masters champion. What is he like? Ninety-five or close to hundred? But anyway, so Demerit. He was the club pro out of Brayburn for a while. He helped found Champions Golf Club with Jackie Burke Jr. He's done great things for Texas golf. Again, three-time Masters champion. So uh, yeah, that's why Jimmy Demerit doesn't get the love he deserves, in my opinion. He's coming in at number three. Good pick. I, I've i known the name, didn't know anything about him. That's uh, kind of shame on me for not knowing the three-time Masters champion, but that's, uh, yeah, and Braber. Good, good Texas pick, good Houston pick. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There's a few, few areas I can go here. Do I go new school? Do I go old school? Do I go kind of middle of the road? It's a, it's a tough call. I think I'm going to go Justin Leonard. Great pick. Love it. Justin Dang, Leonard. Next guy. Justin Leonard. I mean, I think I would argue best moment in Ryder Cup history. Just the Medina. Medina? No, it was at the Country Club, actually. Brookline. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just the 40-foot bomb rammed into the back of the cup stomping on the Europeans line, all the wives on the green, the comeback of the century, the Texas kid. I mean, I I think I've got to pick him just because of that moment. Um, I know he also, you know, I want to say in like in uh, Texas high school golf, he also has like every record ever, but uh, I guess that's not the, the most distinguished thing on his resume, but um He's he was really good for a really long time. I love him on the golf channel. Looks like he's going back into the champions tour now, but hell of a player. And uh yeah, I think he had to be added to the list. And I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of torn because I just thought of someone, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean he was all American at the University of Texas as well. So yeah, no, I, I think that's a great pick. Uh I don't know if he's re if that's reaching for at number three, but like he definitely deserves to be on the list. There's no doubt about yeah. that. A uh, great ambassador for the game in the state of Texas. Number four here, I'm going to go a little old school as well. I'm going to go Mr. Ben Crenshaw. That, I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> That's I mean, Ben yeah, Crenshaw, man. what more can you say? Two-time Masters champion, Mr. I, he is after – look, he still hosts the champions dinner at the Masters, man. Like that is a – it was Byron Nelson got passed down to – uh, ben Crenshaw and heck, just to keep the Texas lineage. He's probably going to pass it down to Jordan Spieth if I'm if I had to guess afterwards, right? Yeah. Uh, it could be him or Scotty in the mix now, another Texas guy, but yeah, I mean, Ben Crenshaw is he's phenomenal. He's, he, I don't know what more can you say. University of Texas, you know, our golf instructor Max Garrett, shout out to you. If you live in Houston, go check out Golf Smart, by the way. He played with Ben, he has some phenomenal stories about Ben that we can spend an entire podcast on. Sharon, like I, I feel like we should get Max on just to talk about Ben Crenshaw. But yeah. uh, let's just say if there weren't, uh, if Mr. Crenshaw wasn't able, how do I put this? If he focused on golf a bit more, he won a would have won a lot more major championships. Yeah, the golf side too. That's his play is uh, golf course designs awesome too. Oh, totally agree. He like in his yeah. little putting stroke too, just. Oh. So yeah, 
the yeah, putter he going in four. I feel like that's a steal. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't thinking. I'm telling you, these lists I'm looking at are they're not uh <laughs> they're not in alphabetical order. And uh yeah, that was that was a big miss on my end. All right, number four might get called out on a technicality here, but I'm thinking the long game, this guy's gonna be a legend. The origins we can leave this up for discussion, but uh gotta go Scotty Sheffler. I'll allow it. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate that. I believe originally from New Jersey, but I think he was five or something. So uh yeah, been in Dallas, Royal Oaks. Um since Mark. Yeah, since the age of five or whatever. Already got a masters under his belt and uh looks like he's not stopping anytime soon so we'll uh if the if scotty t and the fans will allow me i'll i'll, I'll put scotty on the list there at four yeah i agree i didn't realize he was born in new jersey yeah ridgewood new jersey but i mean look when you've been here since five he's a texan through and through still lives in texas i mean that's the thing a lot of these guys i feel like that's a good indicator if you move away like like justin thomas is he a floridian but he's from Kentucky, so I I don't know. I think that's a good indicator. If you move back to Dallas or move back to Texas, then you're definitely a Texan. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you national champion at University of Texas, too. So, yeah, love love the Scotty pick there. I think that's a good, good place for him. Let's see. Number five for me. Man, there are some really good ones. Maybe we'll do a quick honorable mention after this, but – I think I'm going to go Tom Kite. Tom Kite as well with those big glasses. You know, he's he was always – he was never the long hitter, never really flashy, but was at the top of a lot of leaderboards. I mean, how many – I don't know how many wins he has. Let's see if I can look it up real quick. 37 wins on the PJ Tour. That is no joke. The guy could flat out play golf. Also went to the University of Texas too. Uh, NCAA champion, tied with Ben Crenshaw actually. They were teammates together there together so i feel like i got a good balance of like kind of you know jordan speed old school hogan and then some older gentlemen here um with crenshaw and kite so and demerit so uh i'm pretty proud of my list here yeah it's a good list and i'd be lying to you if i told you i wasn't in trouble right now <laughs> and i also wish i wouldn't have changed the prompt the original prompt that i texted scotty t was best we changed it to our favorite. It it kind of turned in the best here at the end, you know, the last three or four picks. Like let's, I think there's a good argument for Scotty Scheffler, actually. Yeah. Let's uh let's go back to best Texas <laughs> golfers, if you don't mind. Okay. So I'm about to drop an absolute wild card on you. Oh no. <laughs> Babe Zaharius. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to the Google. <laughs> I'm going to go with Babe Zaharias. So let me pull up some stats here. But Babe Diedrichson Zaharias is the greatest female athlete of all time. She's from Port Arthur, Texas. There's a Babe Zaharias Museum somewhere on the way to Beaumont, and it's like a little, little dome. The reason I know a little bit about this is she's from my dad's hometown, but this is a major throwback. But uh, she was an absolute legend. Golf, track and field, I want to say basketball. 
and uh yeah she was a legend so um wow yeah i'm reading up on her i mean gold medalist in the 1932 <laughs> olympics played golf won the looks like she won the grand slam of golf something like that yeah, yeah. she won the three majors of the day the u.s open the title holder championship and the women's western open after winning gold medals, no big deal. Nineteen fifty. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that happy that one came to me. Um, Great call. Babe Zaharias. I've always been a big fan. <laughs> Mildred so. Ella Babe Dirkchen Zaharlet. Yeah, uh, Babe. It's a good nickname. Better than Mildred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Good call, Tina. Appreciate that. If I'm being honest, I'm a little worried about my list. The uh, I didn't think you're gonna take Spieth over number one overall, and then I really wanted I fucked up not getting Ben Crane or Ben. Uh, wow, wow, um, Ben Crit. Wow, ben, who is a Texas born golfer? I believe he is. Yeah. Uh, who else did we miss? I don't yeah, think anyone had Patrick Reed. Uh, our uh, a friend of the pod, Chris Shroud. He's been on the Chris podcast. Shroud. Yeah, that's right. Shout out to uh, Port Natchez there. And uh, home of your dad. Yeah, Let's see. Appreciate uh, that. Probably the most notable who we missed was Jackie Burke Jr. Yeah. Ma the, again, the oldest living Masters champion. He pretty much started champions because he didn't like the way that River Oaks was being run. <laughs> like whenever River Oaks added tennis to the club, he was like, they're so what a bunch of idiots. This <laughs> is a golf club. And, you know, he's a grumpy old man now. But hey, he's still out there at champions all the time. Uh, let's see. Jimmy Walker, I think. Yeah. Jimmy Walker, Kramer. Sean O'Hare, Chad Campbell. How about Chad Campbell, Masters or a major championship winner? We could maybe throw Zalatoris in the list. Yeah, Kelly Craft. Kramer. Kramer Hickok. Kramer Hickok. Uh, Jimmy Walker, major champion. Baylor guy. Uh, if you really wanted to get technical, you could probably throw in Harvey Penick. Yeah. Too, so. Uh, again, the and then on this yeah. list, there's Cole Hammer, Parker Cootie, you know the Cootie guy, uh, the Cootie brothers, which uh, one of the Cootie guys finished top twenty, I think. Yeah, Pearson Cootie finished T fourteen at Arnold Palmer this week. So great, straight Sean out of Abilene, which uh, I was I was notified by loyal listener uh, Mr. Darren. So uh, he definitely wanted a shout out to the Cootie twins. Yeah, um, grandfather was a successful PGA tour player. So they got a lot of golf history there. Um, you want a wild card Texas golfer? Who's that? Technically, technically Johnny Manziel is trying to become a pro golfer. All right. I don't know about <laughs> that, man. Hey, is he's actually over? a pretty good golfer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, that doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe also notable, Bryson DeChambeau did not make the list. Just saying. Yeah. But he's more of a California guy. He just lives in yeah. Texas. Post-SMU. Yeah. But uh, Bo Hostler, too. Is Hunter Mahan from Texas? Well, Bo Hostler's from California, too. Who, yeah. Is Hunter Mahan from Texas? Yeah. Hunter Mahan. That was probably the that, – yeah, that was the other one. Good call. See, who's – where's he from? No, he's from Orange, California. He lives in Colleyville, though. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Oklahoma State guy. Colt Nost is from Texas. 
There's a lot of good ones. Jim Nance. Just saying. Jim Nance. That would have been a good pick. Yeah, that would have been a sneaky pick. Yeah. Would have liked that. So, again, comment below on who some of you, uh, some guys that we miss or whatnot. But, uh, T-Bone, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Any uh, yeah. any last parting words? No, I, I, think, uh, I think we nailed it. I think the top five is uh, – it gets me going. It's a good segment. Um, but, yeah, let us know who we missed. And uh, what, what top five should we do next week? Let us know. That's right. I still got to cut last week's episode, but I'm going to try to cut this and uh, post individually as well. So, everybody, we appreciate you all sticking with us. Uh, comment on the video. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us five-star reviews. Let us know what you think in the comments below or shoot us an email. Follow us on our social media channels at 300parpod. That is the number three, 300parpod, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We had a little viral video on TikTok, <laughs> which is outrageous. It was like the silliest video, which – I need to respond back because we got roasted, Scaff. You need to look at it. We got roasted like for white drinking white claws. Mm. Hey, that wasn't me in the video. That that was that was Kyle. And I think I was there. We had a fair amount of white claws that day. Everybody was like, oh, nice. Like, I don't know, you play golf with girls, or like, you know, next time bring your husband <laughs> playing golf. Yeah. I was like, geez. <laughs> Jeez, guys, the comments were outrageous. Yeah. But uh now, yes, uh, 79,000 views. 79,000 views. Yeah. All right. Here's some your husband would be proud of you. White Claw should never be on the golf course. Sissy drinks. Uh let's <laughs> see. White Claws. I don't bring girl, I don't bring girls to the golf course, my guy. Yeah. Wow. White yeah, Claw so Ultra. Was it a women's league? <laughs> <laughs> Go check out this video. We don't know why, but this is definitely our most successful post video anything. Right. On TikTok, over 79,000 views and counting. Crazy Is that time. correct? That's right. Wow. What a time. What a time to be alive. But <laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap it up here. Uh, we appreciate everybody all for tuning in. Uh, players Week, big week. Really excited. We'll be back next week with the full players breakdown and recap of uh, a phenomenal week. So um, I'm Scotty T for T-Bone. And remember, Little White Ball is life.